Hi, I'm Alexandra Roxo, your host of the Holy Fuck Podcast. I've created this podcast because I want to explore how the mystical touches us in our everyday lives, how the sacred and the profane move together like two sides of the same coin. I found that personally, the most magical view I can choose of life is when I find the divinity, the healing, and the transformation in all of life. In this podcast, you can expect to hear inspiring conversations and storytelling that touch the heart and awaken the soul. This is a place for the modern seeker, passionate human, and curious explorer. A place where we can redefine what is sacred and what is profane, and just have the courage to open to it all. A place where we can step out of the mainstream programming and choose what stories and beliefs and rituals we hold sacred and true. On this podcast, you're going to hear from people on all sorts of walks of life, sharing what they're passionate about, what keeps them awake at night, what they consider to be sacred, what they consider to be profane, how they have explored life and freed their hearts and souls through love and spiritual practice, art, meditation, sex, drugs, birthing, prayer, just experiencing life in all of its wild tragedies and comedies. Plus, ideas, explorations, advice, and truths from me on sex, relationships, spirituality, and what it means to be a human on this planet at this time. If you found that you're also a rebel mystic who doesn't fit into the flattened ideas of good and bad and spirituality, but sees the nuance that life has to offer us, then I hope you find a home with me here in this podcast. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. So in today's episode of the Holy Fuck Podcast, I have another question from one of you. The question goes like this. I'd love for you to speak on the beginning when you just started working with women, early moon club or before. How did you build the confidence? How did you step in? How did you allow yourself to refine as you went? What scared you? What still scares you? Awesome. So I just want to presence on that there was a beginning for me personally in my life of artistic making and creating and service. There was a beginning before beginning. <laughs> the first, um, the first circle moon circle that I led was, um, when I was 21 or 22 and, um, I had gone to, uh, you guys, if you followed my work, you probably uh, heard that I went to Free Activist Witch Camp, which was in Oregon, and I was really set on living in this communal home with a bunch of women in Portland in 2006 and doing moon circles in the yard, which we did, and, um, you know, creating a space for community, a little bit of a, like, a kind of anti-capitalist or a little kind of off the beaten path. And what I found that that was a little bit of hiding for me and that I actually needed to be more engaged with society. So it's a funny thing. I, I, sometimes when I see women who are creating online businesses around service, et cetera, I'm like, who were you before? Because for me, there, there really wasn't a before or after. I've always been um, out there 
creating and following my heart and holding space for other women. The first play that I directed, I, it was like I was coaching the lead actress. I remember looking at her in the eyes and saying, give me your truth. Give me all of you. Um, so for me, it's if we're going to get into specifics, it really the, the 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 turning point was around monetizing, not around doing it. Okay, so for me, having the courage to do that, I, there's just no other thing that I didn't. It, 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 there was not a question. I always was um, supporting women's voices, wanting to hear um, the truth from women, wh whether it's through art or myth or filmmaking or storytelling. So for me, having the courage to do that, building the confidence to follow my true north, my, my desire, that I was like, what else am I going to do with my life except follow my passion? And so for me, it started from a non-money-based place. It started as just my art, writing plays about women, um, taking images and photos about women in religion, archetypes and spirituality. And this was all happening for me in my early 20s. So for me, the major turning point, which was a really a point of expansion, was being... Um, 31 and going, okay, now I'm going to monetize this. And that was really hard because the part of me that was more grassroots was just like, how am I going to sell a moon ritual? It just seems so capitalist. And I, I do still have, I think, a little bit of, of judgment around that. That being said, um, I, I, I justified it by, okay, people are selling everything and there's a monetary exchange that is necessary for me and what if it I could get paid to do something this magical and cool you know I was getting paid to cook meals for people why not to hold space for people so there was even a stigma around what is holy work and why can't I get paid for holy work or is it bad to get paid for holy work or sacred work or healing work once I kind of moved through that it was quite liberating to get paid for holy work, sacred work. People have get, been getting paid for um, being therapists and healers and herbalists for a long time. But I had my own kind of stigma around it. I was happy to get paid as, you know, an actress um, or um, a chef or a nanny or a cocktail waitress. But, oh, I'm going to get paid to do this sacred work that I've been doing for many, many years, quietly and privately on my own, that, that was like, that was tough. That was tough to go, I'm gonna sell the sacred. That was hard. And it's still hard and I still watch myself really closely because spirituality has become so consumeristic. It's crazy. And I would really, if you're interested in reading more, um, kind of more ideas in that space, I would recommend Alex Ebert and Daniel Pinchbeck. Um, they're writing from a very critical perspective. My perspective when I talk about this is much more feminine, much more heart-centric, I believe. Um, but also, like, I really appreciate uh, a lot of their ideas. Because getting into a space that is incredibly consumeristic and, and attempting to stay true and stay in integrity is hard. That's deep practice. You know, um, it's like in, in some 
forms of Tantra, like the left-hand path, it's like, okay, we're going to play with fire. We're going to play with alcohol, meat, sex, and we're going to see, can we still stay clear? That was practice that was only reserved for very, very, very high practitioners. Very, and it was, even though high practitioners, it was like the teachers would first say, no, you're not, you're not ready for that because you have to have such mind training that you notice when you start to slip into those um, kind of greed, lust, etc. So entering into a holy arena and adding money, again, another metaphor there is like Jesus in the Bible when he is in the temple and everybody's selling all this stuff and he's overturning the tables because he's like, this is fucked. <laughs> or at least that's how I interpret the story. And that's what has become the spiritual arena. So this is, if you can think about how long ago that was, that Jesus was saying, why are you selling in the house of the Lord? I'm not um, a current Christian. I grew up Christian, but I'm not, I don't go to church now, but there's some truth to that. It's not as black and white, but there's some truth to like, how do we sell the sacred in integrity? And it's not necessarily like we are selling the sacred. We're selling doorways in, pathways in. Come this way. I've got the way in. I've got the way in. I've got the way in. And another person who so gorgeously pointed this out back in the 70s, which so nearly 50 years ago, was Alejandro Jodorowsky in his film, The Holy Mountain. People in the film, the pilgrims get to the holy mountain and at the bottom of the holy mountain, there's everyone selling every type of spiritual thing. Buy enlightenment over here. Buy enlightenment over here for $5.99. For $2.99, I can get you a ticket to God, etc. And um, and the internet and Instagram specifically has become that type of a marketplace. So I knew when I was going, okay, I'm going to monetize something. I'm going to sell tickets to this ritual. And I knew that that was really scary and that it was going to require a lot of awareness to stay in integrity. Which I talked a little bit about in one of my last solo podcasts where I talk about beauty and marketing and how I feel like I slipped out of integrity at certain moments by selling um, so much of my image and um, how I've amended that and I can still share my image, but be really discerning about it. And if it's perpetuating certain values that I actually find to be incredibly harmful, the same goes for selling of quote unquote, something spiritual or, um, something that is promising someone a, a ticket into something like you have to be in very, very clear integrity. And I've seen people take, um, people's money, like a coach charge, you know, $25,000 a month for somebody. And some people out there would say that that's okay. For me, it's a giant not okay. And I'm not judging you if, if it's your yes and it's my no, we different, fine. Um, but there's a lot of uh, discernment necessary in order to go, okay, I'm going to put myself out in the world. Now, you may be thinking, well, damn, I'm just trying to get some confidence to put myself out there. This seems really complicated. Well, it is. It's complicated to be a leader. It's complicated to be someone who is out there um, inviting other people in, teaching them, mentoring them, guiding them. It's complicated. It's a lot of fucking responsibility. And if you're not clean and clear, 
if you're like hungry for fame, hungry for money, hungry for validation, then you can get like totally spun out. Like, you know, you're totally drugged up, um, going into these spaces. So you have to really be clear. And I'm saying this again, not to like (laughs) scare anybody who's like really ready to step up as a leader or a creator and really put a message out into the world. But in these times, um, being close to authenticity and truth and integrity is incredibly important. So to have the confidence to create something in the world or put something out in the world, I think you first have to feel almost the deep need and the deep pain and the deep drive for it. And so if you don't have that, say your drive is like, I want to make money, not a bad drive, but it may need more gravity for you to really stick with it on the bad days. But if you are doing something because you love it and because you just, you just have to, it's just, it's so delicious for you, even though it's hard, then even on the bad days, even when no one's, no one likes it, no one wants it, you get rejected, et cetera. Even on those days, you stay with it. And so really ask you, what's your why? Why are you creating something in the world? Why are you putting something out in the world? And it doesn't need to have some big altruistic vision, okay? You're allowed to go, I love sharing, you know, about um, my childhood growing up in rural Tennessee. Like, I love telling those stories. It doesn't need to be because I want to save the planet. But I love those stories. Every time I tell one of those stories, my face lights up and I get so excited. And every time I tell one of those stories, it's like a part of me comes home. And so in that, there's just an inherent pleasure for you. And you're doing it for you first. When I hear like, how do you get the confidence? I hear like you have an expectation for getting something back. And so if you're like, okay, I'm going to put this, this thing out in the world and I really want this back. I really want to become a, a, you know, a New York Times bestseller. I really want to make a million dollars. The expectation lies outside of you. It's in a place that is completely outside of your control. But if you're, I want to do this because it just so, I can't not, it feels so good. It's so fun. It lights me up. Then that's coming from within. So it's really important to let yourself refine as you go because you're going to change. You're a cyclical being, you're changing. I always say this, like whether you're creating a website or, um, you know, anything that you create, allowing there to be wiggle room. Now, if you make a movie, it's out there. I've done that. I mean, I have a movie. You can watch it on Amazon. I made it when I was 24. It's so emotionally cute and immature in the cutest way. <laughs> it's also visually, visually really beautiful. Um, but I can't change that right? But I can allow that to just be out there as a representation of a part of my journey and be not ashamed about it, but be like, fuck yeah, I made a movie when I was like 25 and it played in theaters in New York City, two different theaters, and it got bought by a distribution company and I made it for $30,000 and, and okay, awesome. You know, it's not the accurate representation of who I am now, but that's fine. So as you grow, it's important to be checking. Am I, is what I'm putting out there in integrity with who I am? Or is this an integrity with who I was six months ago? And adjust, adjust. You, if, if it's on Instagram or something, you can delete photos. If it's a movie that you put out there, a book, you can't delete it. You can just smile about it and go, yeah, that was a part of my evolution. 
If it's a website, you can fucking change the copy as much as you want because it's your website and it's fabulous. You can just go change the copy. I think for me, what has scared me as a writer and an artist and as a creator is that no one will read or watch my stuff. (laughs) It's not even that people will say bad things about it. I would so much rather someone say something bad than no one even engage with it or read it. Um, So that still scares me. It's like, can I continue in this oversaturated world, but also this celebratory world where there's so many voices out there, can I continue to write something that touches on a string of the heart that needs to be touched for people? And I ask myself that every day. Can I continue to try to write something that touches a spot, massages the spot in the heart that people are longing for? And how I get there is by writing something that massages a spot in me that I'm longing for. If only 10 people read it, can I still be okay with that? You know, Um, that's my biggest fear is irrelevance. It's not not making enough money. It's not like our clients or students going to show up to things. No, it's do I have a message, an artistic voice, a transmission that speaks to the depth of someone's heart or soul? So that's on me. I have to keep excavating my own depths to stay there and to to go deeper and to share that. Um, I'm not scared about, so what? Someone doesn't like my post. So what? No one shows up to a, a, a class or something. Who cares? I'm really like, what am I transmitting from my soul? And does that feel fully, deliciously me? cool. Many artists and creators, no one liked their stuff when they made it. They didn't like it for hundreds of years later. So the only thing that is important in my book is that it is in full integrity with me. And I know that. Am I selling out? Am I bending? Am I trying to create something for the market? Am I trying to create something for a social trend? Am I trying to write in a way that I saw someone else do that's successful? So any of that bending, that's what I'm constantly watching for. Because even if I'm not successful in something today, that's fine. I'm looking at like Beethoven, I'm looking at Mozart, I'm looking at, you know, so many people, so many people, so many people, so many great writers and artists and musicians and creators who, I don't know why those those dudes were the ones who showed up in my mind first, but so many people who um, were ahead of their time and people didn't resonate with their work until later. So I'm not hinging it on, you know, is it making fame and fortune right now? I'm hinging it on, is this so deeply true? Is this striking a chord in my heart that I hope and I imagine wants to be struck in someone else? So, um, you know, this conversation it just goes to the deeper parts of your why and of your creating or your your you know holding space whatever it is that you do with your time the confidence is like if you don't live your soul's passion how would you feel on your deathbed oh shit i didn't i don't really go for it 
to me, I'm not willing to do that. So I keep taking risks every day. I actually get off, and I said this recently, I get off on taking a risk and people kind of like, you know, not, not being into something I wrote or whatever, because it just shows, I get to show that I'm just going to keep on doing it. And it's not about y'all anyway. It's about me channeling something that wants to come through me. And I am essentially, I do my best for that. And then I move on, but it's not about the reaction I get. And I would love to have a New York Times bestseller before I die or get a Pulitzer or just be somehow praised in some way for my writing. But if not, like, I'm still going to keep doing it. I'm still going to keep supporting women. I'm still going to keep supporting women also to do theirs. My identity is not just around that. My identity is first and foremost doing that for myself. But I will continue to support women to put their voices into the world, their hearts into the world, as I do mine. And I think that's incredibly important if you are stepping into a leadership role. You got to keep doing yours. You got to keep putting your voice out there. You got to keep taking massive risks. Don't fall into a cookie cutter mold. You're not serving the clients or the students in that way. You need to be right down there in the muck with them, doing the hard work, putting your stuff out there, getting rejected. So important. And letting them see you there. So important. Hope that answered your question, my dear. Thanks for that one. It was a great one. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. For more, 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 follow me on IG at Alexandra Roxo, and you can get on my mailing list where I send poems, practices, rituals, links to upcoming retreats and events and all kinds of goodies. And if this podcast has touched your heart, please let us know. Please write us a review, give us a five-star rating, all of that. It means a lot to myself and everyone involved. Big, big love, my darling. Have a fabulous day and see you again very soon.